cena. Eu quero ser um testemunho, remove o erro e crio bem em mim. Good morning, everybody. Jason Goins here with Rick Bonfin Ministries, uh, and we're continuing today in the book of James. So today I want to talk to you about James's idea of reconnecting with God. <clears throat> But I want to give you a little bit of kind of an overview, like what we've already spoken of in James, right? What he's already told us. Um, so just just real quick recap um, <clears throat> who James is and who he's writing to. James is a half-brother of Jesus. Um, and Paul says that James came to believe in Jesus after the resurrection when he appeared before the ascension. So James uh, came to believe that Jesus was a Messiah after he saw that he was resurrected. Um, <clears throat> and so being the brother of Jesus, if you've ever been in a family, you know that as things go, you begin to hear everybody's ideas over and over again. Your brothers and your sisters and everyone talks to you about, about what they're saying, about what they're going to say. So the book of James, he covers a lot of that, right? And so that's where we're at. So the book of James is addressed to the 12 tribes of Israel that are dispersed throughout the world, right? We, we talk about the, the 12 tribes of Israel, um, and, and we say, well, 10 of those tribes are lost out there. So James is, is covering all the, all the people that are all spread out throughout the world from all of those different persecutions and exiles. He's saying, look, this is, a, this is how we connect with God. So James so far, has we've covered patience, wisdom, faith, and humility. And, and in this part, in this chapter 1, 19 through 22 that we're about to read, he's going to tie all those together and talk to us about what he calls religion. And I'll address that in a moment, but let, let me read the word to you. It says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not to the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity, and naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholds himself, and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks in a, into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seems to be religious 
and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So I want to talk to you. Um, first, I want to start off with the idea here that James is presenting the word religion. Right? In, in our time, religion means that, that thing that we repeat. That thing that we do over and over again. And we say, oh, I, w- I want relationship instead of religion. Right? That's, what, that's a common saying of pastors in our time. But when James says religion here, you have to understand he didn't mean it the same way that we, that we mean it. Right? The word religion is broke down. It's a two-part word. Re means to do it again. And lignin is like the root of ligament, like this thing that connects this part of my arm to this part of my arm. So it's a reconnection. So the religion that James is talking about is not just all the things that we do over and over again, but it's a reconnecting with God. So when you see him say that in these passages, when I say religion in these passages, remember that this is about reconnection, reunion, reconciliation, and not our modern idea of repetition. So the way James writes his letter is a lot like Solomon does in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes. right? He, he brings up these points, he brings them back in, and he sums them up with, with good sayings, with powerful wisdom sayings. <clears throat> so when it comes to this first sentence, right, he says, Be hearers of the word. Be swift to hear. Right? He's, when he says wherefore, right, he's, he's taking all the things that he said in the first 18 verses, and he says, so now, listen up. This is, this is what it means. Let every man be swift to hear. So what, is, what does it mean? Well, that's, first of all, related to hearing God and His Word. What is, what is the Spirit saying to us? Right? So I looked at Ecclesiastes a little bit in relationship to this verse. Ecclesiastes 5, 1-3 says this, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they are doing evil. See, if you're not listening to God... You're not hearing what the Lord is saying. This doesn't mean just uh, you have it on in the background and it's kind of hitting your ear. This means taking it into your heart. If you're not taking that in, the sacrifice that you're taking before the Lord, it's not relational. right? This is the relationship aspect that we're coming to. We need to hear from the Lord before we come to Him before we come before Him, right? Jesus says in His Gospel that if you get to the altar and you hear from the Lord that that somebody has something against you, run off. Go find them and take care of it. Take care of that problem, that thing that you promised them that you forgot to do, 
that thing that you promised them maybe that you didn't do. And, and go fix it. And then come back to the Lord and offer your sacrifice. So we, must, we have to hear from the Spirit. We have to listen to what He's saying and allow it to get in us. That's the beginning of our reconnection is being quick to listen. God must be honored in our hearing. <clears throat> if, if you're not honoring God with the way you're listening to Him, if you're jumping ahead of Him, if you're not hearing what He's saying and then doing it, you're, you're in danger. You're in trouble. You're in danger of becoming the bearer of false witness. So you should be careful when you listen. Right? Be, be quick to do it. That's the first thing you should do is listen to God and, and then listen to each other. Right? He's also speaking relationship between one another because the, the greatest command that Jesus says is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So, you have to listen when others speak as well because potentially you're, uh, how does it go? Oh, you're, you're entertaining angels unaware, those with God's message. If you're not listening, you might miss it. And that, and that con- connects this sentence, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's the first. That's the first sentence. So if you're if you're speaking quickly, you're not speaking carefully. If you're not waiting to hear from God before you speak, you're in danger of that false witness. It says this Ecclesiastes five, going back to that Old Testament right that James is is patterning this book off of. It says, "Be not rash with your mouth." This is five, four. This follows right after the part of hearing. He said, so be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much busyness, and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. <clears throat> Do what you say. It's better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin. Do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity, but God is the one you must fear. God, God is the giver of dreams, right? It says in the last days <coughs> that the old men will dream dreams and the, the young men will dream dreams and the old men will see visions. And God, God's telling us right here, be really careful that you develop that vision before you just go crazy talking and making promises that you can't keep. 
That's a big thing in the Old Testament. And James is carrying it into a, a reconciled relationship with Jesus through Christ. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So what is it? Right? And James is repeating that here. Quick to listen to God. Quick to listen to His voice. But slow to speak. Because a a quick speak brings wrath. The quick speaking that's, that's not careful is the way of a fool because it provokes God. The, the, the speaking quickly provokes wrath from other people. I start making promises to other people that I know I can't keep. They're going to come back to me and say, well, why'd you make me this promise if you know you can't keep it? And, and James repeats it down here in verse, uh, actually in verse 26. He, he says, if you can't hold on to your tongue, if you can't keep a hold of it, you should be careful. <clears throat> and then he goes on to say this in the in the part of be slow to speak in the same sentence he says be slow to wrath so that connects into that speaking part to a relationship not just between me and God but it also is a conversation between me and other people right i have to be careful with my with my hearing so that I understand this is this is an aspect of discernment, right? If your wrath comes out against somebody who doesn't deserve wrath, there's trouble. There's a problem. You you've you've berated somebody, you've you've broken them down, you've you've come after them and and you've become an accuser of the brethren. But also, at the same time, you should be careful in that discernment with your wrath and your speech. right? Your, your willingness to come with your tongue against your fellow believer. Listen to them. Understand what they're saying in the conversation. If you're having a conversation and maybe you're having a disagreement, maybe you're not really having a disagreement. Maybe you're just uh, not hearing what they're saying. And you've decided what you want to say, but you haven't heard that they're saying exactly the same thing you're saying, maybe. Or they're saying something that's a correction that you should be listening to. It says, because the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Right? So the... This is it. This is exactly what James is saying. The wrath of man doesn't work righteousness. We have the first example of the wrath of man not working righteousness with Cain and Abel. Right? Cain thought he could fix the problem of his sacrifice by taking his anger out on his brother. Right? God comes and says, oh, well, Abel had a better sacrifice and instead of hearing God and saying, okay, well, I can come up with something better. Cain says, 
I'll just kill my brother, and then there won't be anybody that has a better sacrifice than me. That does not work the righteousness of God. The righteousness as in the right relationship with God. So he says, in all of these things, he says, wherefore, lay apart the filthiness and the superfluity and the naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. <clears throat> this word wherefore means therefore and also listen up. Right? So he's saying in light of all these things lay apart the filthy side of not listening. Lay ap- apart Superfluity. Now that's a big uh, $400 word that says uh, lay aside a bit of exaggeration of your words. And naughtiness. Right? The superfluity is like what the kids today call being extra. (laughs) Going a little little outside the, the lines. Um and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So, we come to this conversation of the word meekness. So, James is using some words here that some of us today get confused, right? I already talked a little bit about the word religion, which really, James means reconnecting with God, having that relationship, and then he uses the word meekness. Now, we get it confused because if you turn the M upside down, it says weakness. But that's not what James is saying. James is talking about this word meekness. The word meekness is power under control. The Word of God in you has the power to save, and the Word of God out of your mouth has great power. So you need to handle the power that you have in your tongue here and in your hearing and in your actions towards others in your rebukes and what's called meekness. Right? The Lord's sharing His power with you. You've got to learn how to control it. Because you can use the power that the Lord gives your words to, to tear up, to, br- to build up, Edify, build, and comfort, as Paul would say, or to tear down. That's a blessing that was on the the, the uh, tribes of Israel when they went into the Promised Land. You you have I give you the authority to build up and tear down. And that's the power of the tongue for the believer. You have power in your words because your words, if they come from your hearing, are the oracles of God. I believe that's Peter that says that. When you speak, speak as though it's the oracles of God. That means be careful with what you say. Sometimes we're in this conversation right now. I hear this conversation <clears throat> on the social media, right? Which is, uh, one says, uh, silence is violence. And one says, words cannot hurt me. 
But uh, when you're ignoring the Word of God, when you're ignoring what the Lord is telling you to say, then yes, you're doing a wrong thing because you're not... The Lord um, spoke to me and He said, a prophet without a voice is, is of no use. So, if you have a prophetic ministry and you hold it all close to your chest and you don't say the word that builds the people, that edifies, builds, and comforts, well, then you're not using your words properly. And also, if you begin to use your words in a way that brings hardness into people's lives, curses into people's lives, breaks their hearts, not for what God is breaking their hearts for, not for what God's heart is broken for, but but breaks them down, beats people up with your words. You're not using it in meekness. <clears throat> you have a big, uh, you have a big stick, like a police officer, right? You have that nightstick, and you can use it to stop a riot, or you can use it to unjustly beat somebody. That's the power of the believer. So, you need to receive this word engrafted, which means reconnected. We're going back to that idea of reconnecting. It's a a tree term, but it also means to to connect connect together, right? Just like that re-ligament patient that you have in that arm. So he says, in that manner, be real careful to use your authority in a a right balance. And so then he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. <clears throat> but whoso look whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So he's saying, look, I just talked to you about hearing. Right? Quick to hear. And slow to speak. So if you're not a doer of that word, then you're deceiving yourself. This is a powerful word, right? It speaks to our entire lives and our entire livelihood. We take a hold of an engrafted word that is able to save our souls if we use it properly. Our faith in Jesus has to have legs. It has to have hands. It has to have feet. 
We are the body of Christ. And James is going to address this later in, in this letter. But what he's saying here is, listen to the word that God's already spoken. Listen to the word that God is speaking to you today. And use it correctly. Take a hold of it and do it. And do it with what's, what he calls meekness again. That, that sounds a lot like humility. Do it knowing that it's God's Word. That it's a holy thing. That when God gives a vision, that when God gives a word to you, a prophetic word for your future, it's a holy thing. To, to be handled with honor. It's a holy thing not, not to be taken lightly. If you're a journaler and the Lord has given you a word or a vision and you've written it down, that's a powerful thing to hold on to. Keep a hold of it. The word says, I believe, um, I'm going to miss this scripture, but he says, take the vision. Write it down. Make it plain so those who run can proclaim it. So he's saying, with the vision, speak it properly. And begin to do it properly. Not just hearers and then speakers, but also hearers and then doers. The Lord, the Lord gave me a, a little phrase that I like to hold on to in my life sometimes when I feel down, when I feel maybe that I'm, I'm under the weather, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. A guy came to me and he, the Spirit was just all over me and he said, <clears throat> don't talk about it, be about it. That's what James is talking about. That's what he's saying. He's Don't talk about it. Be about it. What does that mean? It doesn't just mean be like the Pharisees and the priests and like keep, keep cutting animals. It means don't just talk about it. Become the vision. Be doers of the Word means becoming. Become the thing that God is proclaiming. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Make everything in you be about that vision. Make sure it's from God. Make sure that you're quick to hear and and slow in the beginning to speak that process. But when it's clear, don't just talk about it. Be about it. This is what James is telling us. Because if not, then you're, you're looking at yourself and you're deceiving yourself in what you see, right? <clears throat> Basically, the Lord's proclaiming something over top of you. He's given you a vision for your life. He's given you a calling. He's given you something that He has for you. And, and if you're not careful, 
with the doing, it's like you just went up to the mirror and you said, Lord, what do you think I'm like? And you and he tells you, and then you walk away and you, you forget the whole thing because you didn't take the first step. He's saying, let the Lord reflect who he says you are and then be it. And then this is the part that's a hard word. Coming right on the back end of this. This is a word. If any man among you seems to be religious or spiritual and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. If you begin to say things about yourself, about others, promises to yourself and to others that aren't those oracles from God, that aren't reflecting God's heart, that aren't part of that becoming what God's about, you need to take another look at your spirituality. You take it, need to take another look in that mirror. <clears throat> because if you're not taking steps towards that becoming, to that doing what the Lord is saying, then you're doing the whole thing just as repetition. That's vain. That means not vain as in, oh, look at my hair. Vain as in, that's a waste of your time. You're wasting your time and you're wasting God's time. So, become that doer. And keep a hold of your tongue. Say the right word in the right season. We believe that strongly here, that we we are doers of the word of our faith. That word of salvation. We walk it out and it is able to save. Keep a hold of the word that the Lord spoke. That prophecy, that prophetic thing in your life. And make moves towards it in a proper way. In a humble manner. And the Lord will honor it. And you won't do the whole thing in vain. So Lord, I thank you for today and for every day, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're moving your people to be doers of the word and not just hearers, Lord. I thank you that every word that comes from your mouth is power to us, God. So empower us today to be what you'll have us to be, to do what you have us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Que no me olvidé